que dice que onda this episode is brought to you by Three Punk Ales Brewing located here in the heart of downtown Chula Vista on 3rd Avenue enjoy the show you're listening to the Emo Brown the saddest Mexican podcast Yes. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to all of our Patreoners. That number has been increasing recently. Holy moly. The support that you guys are giving us is next level, and we definitely appreciate it. Listen to the last episode if you haven't already. We're going over what we're doing with the money. Obviously, one, investing in merch to give away to you guys, and two, we are looking into starting up the Emo Brown Foundation, where we're looking at uh, giving back to the community via donations, uh, scholarships, todo el pedo. So thank you to all who are involved. We'll be talking more about that later. But right now, damn. The American what up, what up? Dream. The American Dream. Renaissance man, Sergio Hernandez, alias Plurgio. You may, you may know him from the music scene. No way. Get for, out of here. Fool. No in way. In serio, way. Like when I started digging, I was like, I know this name from somewhere. And I was like, no, yeah. pues see. Sí. Yeah. You know, you may know him from his artistic abilities with a needle at his establishment, Pop Tattoo, located in City Heights. Make sure you guys get on out there. Shit, I'm out there at least twice a month yeah, right now. Yeah, they've been coming so much. Shit, and it's, it's sick, okay. dude. Been, and, and I love all that, dude. My mama, mijo, ¿qué andas haciendo? Yeah. Andas rayando todo. Yeah. And I was like, it's all right, though. It's okay. Mexican moms are getting better about tattoos. They, they have were they, to, before bro. They, they were not. Oh. Before you'd get a tattoo and they. My dad can't say shit, bro. He has a cross on his arm and 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 he has a pinchy his name tattooed on his leg. Yeah. I was like, come on, dad. Yeah. My dad come has on, one dad. tattoo on his vein that says Sergio. You can't clown on it. But yeah, bro, it's it's awesome to have you here because you were. We were just talking about it. you're you're busy. You're a man of many hats. I feel like anything you touch, you try to dominate. You know, black belt, jujitsu. You know, I yeah. feel like I don't even know where to start with you, man. So yeah. I'll, I'll just I, mean, I would say that I don't really like to try to like be dominating at anything. You know, I just fall in love with doing certain things. And um, and then I just want to keep doing it because to me, the funnest part of it is like getting better at something, you know. And my learning curve is way fucking slower than everybody else, dude. Like, I'm sorry, I said a bad word. Fuck oh, yeah. shit. Oh, okay, okay, we're good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, like, you know what I mean? I just fell in love with first graffiti, and I wanted to, like, oh, man, this is, I'm horrible at this. I want to learn how to get better at this, and this is fun. The process of getting better at something was fun So you're fun diligent. Part. You, don't, you don't let things defeat you. You, you. you stick with it until you feel I comfortable. I think I do good with, yeah, yeah maybe that's a good, uh, a good way to put it. But, yeah, being good with being a fucking loser. Yeah, and then just trying to <laughs> crawl your way out of that, you know, whether it's jujitsu or or tattooing. Imagine the first couple of tattoos I did; they were insanely bad. And you, you know, still talk to so, the people you fucking you gave the first tattoos to. Uh, I'm related to them. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, oh man, this is horrible. Muy chingón with your good tattoos now, yeah, but look at this yeah. one. You remember this? Yeah. No, man. Honestly, because uh, we were talking, you're first generation. You know, you know, uh, your parents. Obviously, you were born here. Work hard. You yeah. weren't given too much, but what we do have, we work with until we build what we need. 
And you've done a lot, bro. Like, yeah. I, I, like you're, this is going to be a fun one for me to listen to because everything that you're involved with is things that I'm very interested in. That's you know, cool, obviously, jujitsu, yeah. musica, art, tattooing. You're yeah. a father. You know, I feel like you're an educator in many ways. Uh, we've, we, you're an entrepreneur. You're a businessman. We've been throwing a lot of curveballs right now with like the pandemic. And I know you got a lot of shit to say about the pandemic and, and the direction of things. So hear yeah. me with it, brother. Welcome in. Let's, yeah, let, let's thanks, start man. This. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my parents, you know, because my parents had a lot to do with it because uh, uh, that that's what everyone needs to have a good foundation, you know. So it was like, oh, you're self-made or you and I'm like, dude, honestly, man, I'm I'm just a continuation of whatever my parents are. And, and then God bless them, you know, they're they're uh, the good things and the bad things and any other character flaws, you know what I mean? It all. I, I took all that and and put it into who I am. And all the decisions that I've made are just an extension of. And of I think my that's why and, it's working for you, bro. Lo, yeah. lo reconoces. You 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 recognize that you're not a one man army, bro. You, yeah. you understand that it, it takes more than just you, your will, and your determination to get to where you are, man. I yeah. see your artwork everywhere. I see yeah. your style of piece pieces everywhere, man. I mean, yeah. I hear your name on social media everywhere as it relates to jujitsu. Well, thanks. You're just. You're just you're busy. I'm busy. I You're like doing stuff, busy. man. I like yeah. doing stuff and I like making people happy and I like um, interacting with people and having relationships with people, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, uh, more importantly, I think um, that my, any success I've had in anything is because of the relationships that I built, you know? So people yeah. don't understand the, the value of, uh, of networking, yeah. you know, the, the value of being real with people and what you bring to the table. And understanding what other bring other people bring to the table, and then from there, just kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, I can help you with this. Or yeah, yeah, you know what? You can help me with that. Like, and networking has like some negative connotations, yeah, you know. But um, it's important to to make sure that when you talk about networking, that you talk about it um, in a genuine way. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're interacting with somebody, they're going to be able to see whether or not you're being genuinely interested in them as a person or if you're just having a conversation with someone and then in your head you're like what could i get out of this person it's gonna it's gonna come out dude it's gonna come out and you, you're you gonna be able spot to see a it like yeah that quickly, you're like though. dude i got nothing to give you bro uh -huh. like I, all i could give you is love man that's it dude i ain't got nothing to offer bro like you know what i mean and so when i talk to people i don't give a fuck what you know what what they're all about, how much money they got, how famous they are. To me, we're all equal. You know, I always start there. And uh, even when I meet famous people or anything like that, I always want to make sure that within myself, I see them as my equal and not as my like, you know, some God you or light some a icon. To. Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't want to be that way. You know, my mom, I think it's that's the way my mom raised me since I was little, you know, growing up super religious and stuff. Uh, I used to want to have posters up of famous people on my wall. No idols, And bro. my mom, exactly. No idols is what the Bible says. And no that's what my mom. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, mom, I just want to post Jose Canseco on the wall. Please let me bro, do it. She's like, no, you can't have a poster. That was your guy? Yeah, I like Jose I Canseco. Jose Canseco, yeah. bro. For me, it was Maguire, Canseco, Ricky Henderson, Carney Lansford. Yeah. Yeah. That 87, 88 A's, those the that's A's, my squad. yeah. Ricky that Henderson was, was part of that thing oh, for a little bit. Those guys, Dave those, Stewart, dude, he yeah. was a killer on the map. And even in San Diego, nobody would give you shit if you were rocking Oakland A's. No, because they were they were champions. They were bro. just like they they were that's big Oakland time. A's, you know. If you wore like a, a Dodgers hat here in San Diego or something, like that, everyone would be like giving you shit. Don't for it. Yeah, wait. Yeah, well, yeah. I have cousins who are raised here in San Diego, National City, Chula Vista, and they fucking root for the Dodgers. I'm like, bro, yeah. you've never even been to Chavez Ravine. You've never yeah. even been to a Dodger game. Why are you a Dodger fan? Oh, they're from San Diego. Bro, they're from here. That's not right. They're that's from Lenoiton right. in National yeah. City, bro, and they talking shit. <laughs> They go to Sweetwater High School and they're talking shit. Yeah. Oh, I'm a Dodger fan. 
And I'm like, why? Because Fernando Valenzuela. I was no, like, all right. I said, all right, I get it, but fuck, yeah, come on, guys. Los San Diego. Potros. You gotta remember, be loyal to the soil, bro. The, the TJ team was Los Potros back in the days. Yeah, you we remember that? Another Los Toros. Los Toros. That's the yeah. current team, yeah, right? Current yeah. team. You ever been to a game down there? I, I haven't, dude. I want to go to one though. How often do you go to Tijuana? How often do you go to Mexico? I used to go every, when I was little, I used to go every single weekend. Every weekend, my mom would take us to hang out with my aunts and my grandma and all that. Now that I'm older, crossing is, dude, I don't know what the hell they're doing over there. I don't know what they get out of making it more difficult to cross. I think you just said it. I don't understand (laughs) it. Yeah, I don't understand. Power. It's so messed up, man. They could, it could, it could be so much easier. Everybody could cross in 10 minutes and we could have more interaction between our, our families in TJ and our families here in San Diego. And they make it such a fucking nightmare, dude. Somebody, you should interview whoever the fuck is in charge of that, dude. Because I got a customs got some agent coming in, yeah. in in the next few weeks. Yeah. Compia, he's a customs agent. And, he t- and that's a controversial job. We were talking to, like, I talked yeah. to the Chuvis Police Department guy, Compita David Hoyos. Like, I like to t- ask him, why did you get in this profession? Like, well, yeah. what? And, and all of them is like, bro, I needed to make money. You know, I, right. I have a, I'm a, I was a young dad or I needed to start a career. And these were the only positions or the only options I had, you know? Yeah. And it's just interesting to, because when people hear customs agent or border patrol or police department. Right. Immediately, like right off the bat, people are going to be like, fuck. What, what a hater, bro. What yeah, a poser. I mean, people come up with a lot of uh, pointing out problems, mm. but people don't point out solutions. Bring a solution to the yeah, table. Yeah, they never. I think if you're going to say something negative, you, you got to bring some real shit. You like bring a real answer or, or know your shit, know the subject matter, and be like, hey, man, I hate this because of this. And you're already right there. You're already starting on some negative shit. So you better come you back better with come like, with hey, man, strong. so here's, the re- here's mm. a good solution or here's one idea that I read about. About, or here's one idea that I think might work. Yeah, a lot. Most people nowadays they just want to point out problems and no it's solution. Easy. It's the easiest. It's shit. what gets the likes, bro. <laughs> yeah, as, as soon as you yeah. throw a negative, like like a uh, fuck Donald Trump, yeah, or, yeah. fuck the Border Patrol, yeah, or, you know, like whatever, whatever a controversial topic is, you know, yeah. Like, if you say f something, everyone's oh, gonna be like, this is great, yeah. this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, you like, start getting the likes, and I feel like people get excited for that. Like, yeah, yeah like, I'm, so I'm, I'm standing for something. I'm doing yeah. my part, and it creates a cycle of just. People posting that, and that's why so many of our friends. I mean, I hear it all the time. I gotta get off Instagram. I gotta get out, and it's because of shit like that. Because everybody's so fucking just saying negative shit all the time, dude, without bringing bringing any solutions, man. So it is a crazy time, Sergio. Where were you raised? Where are you from? Here in San Diego? I was the first born on my mom's side here in San Diego at Kaiser Permanente. And then we grew up right there by St. Jude's in, uh, I think it's considered Shelltown. I don't know, but right there on Z Street. San Julius, bro, right next to the big mountain, the hill. Yeah, exactly. We live right on that hill, dude. And then uh, we moved to Chua Vista for a while. Uh, My parents got divorced at some point. We lived in uh, Southeast San Diego, 47th and Market, right by Lincoln High School. right by Lincoln. El Rey Trailer Park. That created a lot of who I am today. And then... uh, and then East San Diego, my dad has owned property there since the 80s, you know, and I'm finally getting to the point where I understand the importance of uh, if you want a strong community, you got to have uh, homeowners. You have to have homeowners Why? because the market can't 
you're going to be paying a mortgage Easier. instead of paying the rent. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the owner of the house that basically you're borrowing their house, you're paying them money to borrow their fucking house. As soon as they want to sell it, you have no power. You have no power there. You're not going to just all, oh, well, sell it to me. Well, you didn't save up none of your fucking money. Yeah. And so if you, on my block, there are so many Vietnamese and Mexican homeowners. And I know all these families, dude, because they own the house and they ain't going anywhere. And so it's the generation, then they give it to the next generation. It creates stability. It creates stability. And then, and then that's what creates a strong community. I say hi to these neighbors that I've been saying yes. hi since the eighties. You know what I'm saying? And that's because there's, there's my a, dad had the foresight to like, okay, I got to own some shit. You know, there's and, a pride of ownership, bro. You yeah. know, like when, when you own something, you know, the, the mentality is that you're going to take care of it. You know, you're, right. you're, you're going to be out there. You're going to be mowing the lawn. You're going to be bringing in your trash. You're going to make your, your community beautiful. Not saying that if you don't own a home, you don't. But I'm just saying, like, there's a certain sense of responsibility when you're a, a, a homeowner. Yeah. You know, aside from that, if you're raising a family, it's like you want to know who your neighbors are. Yeah. You want to know, like, that you're doing your best part to be a good neighbor. Right. You know, I don't know. That that mentality was always put in me since I was a little guy. My, my parents, you know, like, no, I'm going to don't pay anybody else's mortgage. Yeah. If you're ever in a position to buy property and, and we'll help you and, and and we'll get you there, but never pay anybody else's mortgage. Yeah. Bro. That, and that I never really understood the power you're, of that. You're man. lining somebody else's pockets with your yeah. hard-earned money and they're just sitting back watching you pay their bills. Like, That's you know? crazy, right? That's, That's crazy. Nuts. And then people were like, oh, well, and, and a lot of times these are um, immigrant families that own these homes and stuff. And so if they decide they want to sell their property, I mean, I can't, you can't, I can't be them. mad at them. Yeah. yeah, I can't hate them. Like, nope. oh, how dare you raise the rent and sell this to someone, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's like, dude, that's their shit. I don't, for me, I don't ever want to tell anyone what to do with their shit. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's like their income uh -huh. or their property or, or their, uh, you know, their art or whatever. It's like that. That's your thing, bro. I'm not, who am I to say? If you ask me for my advice, I'll give you some advice. Oh, but, yeah. 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 But for me to be like standing from the, from the fucking, from the sidelines telling people how to play, I'm like, hey, nah, you know man. what? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you should. I'm like, come on, man. My whole thing is let, let motherfuckers be themselves and let them do whatever they want. You know what I mean? And Everybody is the author of their own story. Bro. Yeah. You man, got, you yeah. got to let them play it out for better, or for worse. Yeah. If somebody reaches out to you, like I'm always, I, Por mi parte, I never liked unsolicited advice. Yeah. Like, I just always, like, I, I, I keep my head down. I try to work on it. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck what? Yeah, okay, cool. Awesome. But I'm not talking. I don't like to give people. I mean, children is different. You know, right, I, I see right. my you kids fucking up. Yeah. I say, Papa, I, I used to do that too. You don't, don't want to do, do that. You yeah. know, don't do that. But just random people or like close friends. I, don't, I keep my opinions to myself. Yeah, you know, I sure, have a responsibility sure. to keep my shit in order. Yeah. Like it, that's, that's your pedal. What's yeah, on yeah. your plate is on your plate. It's you know? like when the homies uh, are like, you know, you know how you could make a bunch of money, man? You should do this with your shit. <laughs> You're just like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm working on it myself. You know, yeah, right? just try to figure it out, you know? Yeah. But so in the Southeast San Diego is where you got your chops, where you raised all San Diego, pretty much all South Bay. I moved around. Yeah. yeah I was in Chula Vista right uh -huh. there off of uh, Orange Avenue, okay. uh, Brandywine, that little place. area. This yeah. was right before East Lake. Uh -huh. There was nothing over there. Was there was nothing over there. There was fucking nothing. It was like uh, just desert right there. There was like a range, like a... Uh, it looked like a pinchy commercial for like milk because you would see cows grazing in the hills and it was, it was all nuts. green. 
That was East Lake, bro. No había yeah. nada. That and we lived on nothing. the last street. We lived on the very last street before there was nothing. And so we'd always have like, um, you know, people that crossed the border. Uh -huh. They would jump into our fence. And like, like literally these guys had been walking for miles through the fucking desert. And they survived oh, all this shit. And, and so Where I, I see that. Where you live was their destination, Yeah, bro. dude. That's you know? a trip. That's fucking weird. Yeah, you man. know, it's like, that's what I tell. The, the one thing I do tell the kiddos. And I tell like some of the homies here that sometimes they that and like, hey, man, don't. Be grateful for what we got. You know, like yeah. you, you might not like the position that we have right now, like, oh, the pandemic, this, but you know how many fuckers would give everything to be in our position right now? Yes, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like being I, grateful. Yeah, bro. Nobody's grateful Nobody's no more. Grateful. That's yeah. one thing I've been working on, bro. Yeah. Like the, the the pandemic has been an opportunity to like reset the way you main you maintain yourself and your family and the loved ones. And me, I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm an asshole, bro. Like I'm I I, I have goals and I gotta finish them. And sometimes like, I have blinders on it, I don't care what's going on around me. It's like I need to get through the finish line, get to the goal, run through the goal. Like, yeah. and now I know it's like, that's not it. You know, I have kids. They need to see that. They need to learn to be more compassionate. They need to learn to be more, more gentlemanly. You know, my wife always yeah. talks about, you got to be more of a gentleman around these kids because that's, that's the future. Those They're are our kids. Those They're are our kids. Yeah. They can take everything cues from you. Everything you say, they hear. Yeah. You know, everything they, you do, they try to be like you. Yeah. Because I have three little boys, you know? Right. So they look up to me as that, whether I like it or not, and I do, I love it. I'm their role model. I'm yeah. who they see. I'm who they, like last night, bro, um, my middle kid, Jackie, se dormió. Like before he went to sleep in bed, he's like, ah, uh, kiss me goodnight. Kiss me goodnight. Come say goodnight. And I was cleaning the kitchen. I was like, all right, papi, I'll be right there. Let me let me finish washing the dishes and sleeping yeah. and I'll be right there. By the time I got there, he was asleep. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I went to work this morning and I came back and he just glared at me, bro. He gave, he gave me yeah. this look like, and then my little one is three years old and he he, he talks, but it's like, he's a, he talks like a three-year-old. Daddy, um, Aki, Matt, you know, say goodnight. And I was like, ¿Qué pasó, papa? He's like, Aki, Matt, you know, say goodnight. Yeah. And, I was like, and I was like, what happened? I told him, I was like, oh, Jack, Jax is mad that you didn't say goodnight to yeah, us. And I, yeah. I, I went to the room, I kissed him, was asleep. Yeah. So like, bottom line is like everything, bro. Yeah. Whether however little we think it is, yeah. like they're paying attention they're to paying us. They're paying attention, man. I used to tell my kids bedtime stories every night, dude. And little by little, they didn't need the bedtime story, you know what I mean? And oh, man, what a trip. Just having to come up with bedtime stories every single night, trying to make up a new story. Traditions, and the kids bro. Because guess what? How yeah. many children you have? Three. My three. daughter's 18. Okay. I got a 16-year-old son and an 11-year-old son. See, the, these things that you did with them, bro, they're gonna, when they have yeah. kids, cuando te hagan abuelito, champion, you're going to be a grandpa soon, yeah. bro. I, I, I know. Within I know. the next five, 10 years, there's a possibility you'll be my grandpa. I'd be the best grandpa. grandpa abuelito I Sergio. That. I would love that, dude. That'd well, hell sick. yeah. yeah dude. Those, so that's cool. how you know you're maturing as yeah. a man. It's like, those are the goals that we want. But these things that you read to them and and, and probably like you're, you're – artistic background you probably sit down and you and draw yeah. with them and teach them how to do things and it's always wanting to do more too you know what i mean like i always have this like crazy guilt like shoot i didn't spend enough time with my son today or or i didn't pay enough attention or he was trying to show me something and i said yeah give me a sec yeah. i'll be right there all these little tiny things That's the worst. and it's like oh people you know people are always like so nice to me dude and they're like oh man you're, you're a good dad and in my head i'm like have this overwhelming guilt that i didn't do enough that i didn't do more that i didn't do good and all, you know it's like it's so crazy trying to give myself a little bit of validation like hey dude like look at myself in the mirror and be like you're all right man you're okay you're not as bad as you think you are dude you just, it's it's chill you know what i'm it's saying it's hard like, though yeah like it's, you, it's hard i could be a better man or i could be a better husband or i could be a better dad and holy crap dude it's a lot of pressure you we're know? all works in progress yeah that's it that's it so we're whatever people are praising me dude I, it's always with the sense of 
I embrace it with a sense of guilt, you know. And I appreciate everyone being so kind to me, dude. People are so nice to me. All my, work. all my customers are so good. It's constant, like, just being grateful, being grateful. So when I, like, my son said something like, uh, oh, dad, 2020 is the worst year ever. I was like, son, don't think that way, man. Think, Don't think that way. Look, Think about how much time we've been able to spend together. You got a dad that's still alive. Your sister is still alive. Your mom, you know what I mean? Like, we have to be able to, like, turn off that switch that's the, that the media is trying to tell us and that the rest of the world is trying to tell us and all this negativity. And, like, like we were talking about earlier, just being grateful and making sure you wake up every morning. And that, that used to be the thing. You wake up every morning and thank God, you know, and... And when I was here, I'm like, that's silly. Why are you going to, well, I'm surprised that I'm uh, that I'm alive. Yeah, dude, you should be fucking surprised that you're alive. Dude. You should be thanking God every day, you know? Not everyone gets that golden ticket every morning yeah, when they man, wake up yeah. and they Crazy get Crazy shit happens every day, man. You're like having a normal day, car accident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the worst things have happened to to some people. It man, happens to everyone. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, eventually, oh, that, me pierdo en eso, dude. Like sometimes yeah. I'll be just thinking about, like I'll be on a good one. I'll be like, all right, cool. Life is good, la, la, la. Yeah. And then I'll just kind of get deviated on a bad fucking thought. What if this? What yeah, if that? And that bad thought <laughs> goes into what if this, oh, man. that, yeah. this. And then I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to experience the most difficult time of my life one day. Eventually. You know, huh? like Eventually. I haven't yet. Yeah. I've had some shitty moments yeah. in life. We've yeah. lost people, you know, like things have happened. But it's like, I'm going to have the worst day of my life someday. Soon. Someday. You know, yeah, no, and, and I get man. lost in that shit. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. why am I even thinking yeah, like that? Yeah, dude? Yeah, I know, but it's there. It's, it's your reality. Yeah. It's my reality. It's everyone's but reality. But if anything, bro. hopefully we could use that to yeah. make sure today, yeah. today we could have a great day. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people. You're a positive you know, guy. Dude. Wow. I. I don't think guy. myself as a positive guy, but yeah, no, no, I guess no, I was so, man. telling yeah. you earlier, it's like every time around you, you just got a big, big smile on your face. You know, you're very relaxed. The way you maintain yourself, the just to, you, you can see the 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 como se llama, reading your the, your your body or la manera que te cargas. Like yeah. you, you can just see you're very you're you're positive in the way you maintain yourself. You're content, and, and it seems that like you're you're very confident. You well, know, thanks, dude. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm filled with self doubt and all these other dark things. But more importantly, I feel like a certain responsibility to the rest of the world. Yep. I feel a certain responsibility to the rest of the world, and more specifically to my customers. You know, so when they walk through the door, man, they want to feel they they want to be in an art environment and they want to be happy. And they're bringing their energy, which is usually they're excited and happy because they're going to get tattooed. And I want to meet them at least halfway. But more than anything, I want to uplift their experience, dude, and, and it be a genuine thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not like, forced. you know, when you go to a, how's it going, sir? Yeah. And da, 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 da. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, nah, dude, that shit ain't real, you know? Like, whether we like it or not, and we do, because we're in it, we are, we're in a service industry, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't matter what's going on in our personal lives. Yeah. You know? We could be having the shittiest day. And I've, and I've given this, this little pep talk to people that we work with and, and, you know, people that work here at the brewery or at other receptions. Like, Hey, we all have bad days. People are coming in here not to like be surrounded with your negativity and, and your bad day. Right. They're coming in here for a beer and experience. They come in here to look at the art on the wall, have a killer beer. Yeah. This could be the highlight of their day. Yeah. You know, so when you're here or when you're doing something, you're on stage. Like you, you, mm -hmm. you're an actor at that point. Like mm -hmm. give them the best, you yeah. know? And, and I've always heard of this. It's like, 
Um, I heard an interview where Joe DiMaggio, where Ted Williams, a baseball player, is like, hey, man, why you always play so hard? Ba 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 ba. Where everybody knows that you're a Hall of Famer, you're this, you're that, you're the other. And he's like, because somewhere out there in the crowds, there's a kid that's, this is his first time watching me play. Yeah. You know, and I want that kid to go home and be like, oh, man. That was epic. Joe DiMaggio's the man. Yeah. Ted Williams is, Tony Gwynn is the man. Yeah, you know, man. these, he, he came and he played his balls off and la 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 la. And that might be the only experience they'll ever have with you. Yeah. And they can go ahead and tell you sort of like, you know what? I went to Pop's tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. Everything was amazing, man. Yeah. The artwork was awesome. Jane and, and, and Joe Garlic was there. Yeah, and and, and so Sergio, cool, everybody was fucking happy, buzzing jokes, having yeah. a great time. That's what keeps coming back. And you I know? love that, dude. And then when I see someone three years later yes. and they walk in and they're like... I'm like, well, what I tattoo on you? And they show me, and I'm like, oh, I think I remember that. Uh, I kind of sometimes remember, sometimes I don't. But they remember. They remember every Everything, detail bro. about what That's happened what I'm that saying. day. And it's so beautiful, man, to have that uh, interaction with people. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, man. You and, created and, that experience yeah, for them, man, and they've told that story. You know, anytime somebody so sees sick, any, yeah. anytime somebody sees this tattoo, the Emo yeah, Brown one, yeah. which we'll get into, people ask me. Who did that shit for you? That's that's fucking beautiful. And then they yeah. start just looking at everything else. I'm like, the same guy did the whole thing, right? And I was like, pretty much. He's oh, like, that's cool, like, yeah, because everything on your arm kind of blends in and it just all looks like it's yeah. done by the same artist. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, your art just kind of like, it, it just, it creates experiences for everybody who has it on their arm. And so leg. you're starting the Emo Brown, uh, what is it, like an institute or what, what, what do you it's like the You're. You're at the beginning of this, man. Yeah. You're at the forefront of, of the whole Emo Brown move. El I like, I love it. El Compita Glasses and me, you know, yeah. like everybody kind of knows the stories. Like we were, we were doing, here, let me open that shit. Yeah, bro. We, 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 we started doing the Emo Brown thing because, you know, he got his brown belt. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, oh, um, that's it. And yeah. he's always been. And I'm Ninja Brown. Are <laughs> oh, you Ninja Brown? I'm Ninja Brown. All yeah. right. And he was Emo <laughs> Brown. He was, yeah. I said, bro, you just, you reach a pinnacle in, in your jujitsu career. This should be a happy fucking day. Yeah, you know, you just, yeah. you know, no, bro. Always a Wittalo, eh? Yeah. And then we were just talking yesterday and he was, he, he texted me some shit. He's like, oh, always a Wittalo. I was like, he's consistent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we just started shooting the shit. Oh, fuck, you're Emo Brown. You're the yeah. saddest Mexican because you're brown belt, la, la, la. And you're still sad. Yeah. And yeah. we just, he reached out to you and he's like, hey, bro, can you design something for us? We're mm. fucking around with a podcast, la, la, la. Yeah. So then you gave us this one, the one on, on, yeah. like, on my elbow area. You, you, you drew that on me. You drew it on glasses. And um, that became the, the brand. That became mm. the Emo Brown logo, you know? Yeah. And from there, we've used it to create beer. Yeah. We've used it to create the podcast. We've yeah. fucking had ice cream with, with Nita Franks in, in National City. Um. Just recently, we created like a, a social club that we're going to. We, we raise money, raise funds. Yeah, a lot that's of the what people, I was trying to bring up. A lot like, of the people the? who are involved in it, uh-huh. they're business owners, bro. They're like you. They're like yeah. me. You know, we're we're dads. We we we're, we're just trying to like. We may not always have had this belief, but now more than ever, we're we're dads and we want to do better, if not for ourselves and for somebody else. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of negativity in the world, like you said. Yeah. The media portrays th- portrays things to be 150 percent times worse yeah. than it really is. Yeah. You know. So it's like, what can we do? We fucking just drink whiskey, talk shit, ride bikes, raise our kids. Yeah, yeah. And say, you know what? Um, we have accountants in the group. We have mm. professors. We have teachers, teachers of the year, you know, like things like that. And yeah. we sat down. I was like, fuck it, dude. Let's start a foundation where we raise money on bike rides through the podcast, through merch sales, through beer sales at the brewery, at the bars we own, and then just throw it into that foundation and like, 
at the end of every school year to people who need that scholarship to go to school. If they're getting involved in in, in art, we mm. give them a scholarship that buys them art supplies. If, yeah. they didn't, if they're going away to a university and they don't have a, like a seed to plant financially, it's like here, here's twenty five hundred dollars for you. This is from us because yeah. we you, we know you're on the right path and we know that you have what it takes. You're just lacking a little bit of this. Yeah, and, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, and what's funny is the word emo had so many like funny connotations and negative connotations but really emo is short for emotional Emotions. and yeah. that's not a bad thing no. you know what i mean we need to we need to be emotional you need to, to tap into that yeah, yeah and we're fucking mexican bro. i was so telling like, wifey like the plan with this yeah and she got like oh i'm getting emotional i was like good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i was yeah, like mission yeah. accomplished and yeah. i was like you know what and this that just means that what we're doing is on the right track. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's now it's more than a fucking podcast. Yeah. It, it's more than us riding bikes. It's more than never, it's just like it, it's next level shit, bro. That's so cool. So man. thank you. Yeah, because you yeah. gave it a face. Yeah, you, you 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 gave it like something that made it like tangible. Like you can touch. People see Emo Brown, yeah. they see the guy on the tricycle. People yeah. see Emo Brown, they see El Llorón skull. You know, they just yeah. see it and it's like oh, and everyone who did that were like oh. Okay. I remember when people would make fun of people if they were like kind of punk rock they'd be like what what like what style is that fool he'd be like uh, he's like an emo type of guy you know because he had like it's your own yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he likes taking back Sunday yeah. he, like, he likes this thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Is, bro. yeah but that's back in the days though you know I think that that word was like like almost like the word fat p-h-a-t uh-huh. you know it's like no one says e- oh that, that dude's an emo i think no one says that you I know think, but, i think now people but, say oh that dude's a goth <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I think, but i'm happy that you know now you know being emotional showing you're happy showing yeah. you're upset showing yeah, you're yeah. sad is cool yeah you know it's except it, at the very least is acceptable yeah i think you guys took ownership of the word is what yeah, i'm trying to get at like, you know fuck. so that's sick you know what i mean it's, it's, it has a whole new meaning now emo brown has a whole new meaning yeah. i think you know so that's really sick dude yeah thank you for creating that artwork bro yeah my pleasure and man. with artwork what got you into tattooing or, or graffiti what came first the chicken or the graffiti um, or tattooing yeah graffiti was the first one because my neighbor um maudi and my brother used to when, once we started living in the trailer park we were in southeast and they started getting involved in graffiti and they were having adventures and they'd come home and they had to sneak out of the house and they you know all types of crazy adventures and i was a couple years younger than them and uh i it just i just became interested in in that in having those type of adventures you know and so i would sneak out of my house and go tag on the street and just do little kid shit you know yeah. it must have been like you know 13 12 or 13 at the time and that's how I just fell in love with it, you know? And I was never the best. You were best. looking for that adventure. Yeah, I was never the best, you know? And But it was just one, just like everything else. I just enjoyed doing it, and I wanted to keep doing it, you know? And I always thought, like in jiu-jitsu and like all these other things, um, I'm just going to do it for a little bit. And I'm then, uh, yeah, I'm just going yeah, to do it for a couple months. I'll dabble. You know, same thing with jiu-jitsu. I'll dabble. And then I just, I fall in love, man. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with graffiti. I fell in love with jujitsu. And to this day, I'm still doing it. So I think I'm just going to, that's why I'm afraid to start new hobbies. Because I think I'm just going to fall in love with it. And next thing you know, I just, I, I'm like stretching myself even thinner, you know. You're a passionate yeah. dude. Because yeah, man, you excel at jujitsu. Yeah. You're next level in jujitsu, bro. Tell and then I see people's, uh, I see people having lives, um, and this just one life. And I feel like I'm living five lives, you know what I mean? At the same time. Uh, and I'm feel like, I just want to get the most out of my life, you know, like, damn, what, what else? Okay, cool, man. I got at best a hundred years here on this planet. Shit, man. Let me see 
what I could, how much I could squeeze out of this, out of this lemon, you know what I mean? And just like, and so I'm like, it was a conscious decision to start a lot of things and try to get better at them. You know know what I mean? And so that way when I'm old, I'm actually able to be good at a bunch of things, you know, and, uh, and, and know what it is to, to be in a cage, like fighting or know what it is to compete or knowing what it is to like paint a huge mural. When I was little, I would never imagine like, oh, I'm going to paint a giant mural one day. And now I'm able to, to do stuff like that, you know, or when I was a kid, I never imagined I could travel and do artwork. And, but that at some point I had a fire in me and I'm like, well, let's see what else I can do. And every small accomplishment that I've ever uh, uh, done is like, okay, well now how could I, that was so fun. How could I step that up, you know? And so it's always searching for that next, like surprising myself as to what I was able to do, you know? Well, you're, I don't want to even say lucky. You, you put yourself in a position that one of your passions became a career and a way to make a living. Yeah. You know, I, I think ultimately that's the goal for everybody, you know, like to, to do something that you love and you're very passionate about and ultimately make a living on it, you know, like uh, whether it's now it's tattooing or and, or jujitsu in your tournaments, yeah. traveling abroad and doing art. You like, have to take the gamble. A lot oh, of people are afraid to take that gamble. Why? I man, because of the security, because they're, I think a lot of times it has to do with their parents, man. Their parents don't, because the parents love us and they want, they don't want us to fall flat on our face, on our face. So they're like, okay, what's the securest, safest way for my son to be able to, um, to own a home one day or to, or, or to provide for his family, you know? And so they want you to take the safe route because there's less of a gamble and they don't want to see their son hurt, you know? I think we, we want the best for we our kids. We want the best for our you kids. Know? And, like and so tell- it's hard to tell your kid, yeah. Hey, you know what, man? Fuck it. Fuck Roll it, the dice. It, just fucking, and worst case scenario, you're going to fall flat on your face and I'm still going to be here for you. I tell wife, he's like, I want my kids to fall. Yeah. She's like, why? I was like, because that's how they're going to learn. And then yeah. if, I'd rather them fall right now and find out if they're not willing to get up. And that's when I help them get up. I said, no, Papa, you got to you that, fall. You got to get back up. That's All right, it no is. No one's going to help you. You got to get back up. Yeah. Broken I, hearts. Getting fired from a job. Starting a company and it doesn't work out. Everything. It happens, dude. It's going to happen. All and, of that is falling and down. And you have to, uh, the, the, the big battle is finding it within you to stand back up and, and keep going. You, you know, know what I mean? I feel it sounds bad cliche, for. but it's so real, man. That's the realest shit. I, I feel bad for the kids whose parents gave them a life of bumper bowling. You yeah. know, when you go bowling and they and they bring up the bumpers on the side. Yeah. No gutter balls. No, none of this. Every, yeah. Everything you Everybody throw is going to be a strike. You know, it's yeah. like. To an extent, I see the positivity in that, but even further, I see there's a bigger there's a bigger letdown because yeah. these kids are going to grow up thinking that everything's always going to turn out a okay. Yeah. It's going to be all right because there's always bumpers on the side. You got to learn to lose, bro. There's no bumpers in life, bro. Mm. Sometimes you eat shit. Mm. Fuck. If you and me fucking drink a bottle of whiskey right now, go outside, drive, and fucking get in a car accident and you know and hurt somebody or whatever, it's like. There's no bumper in that life, bro. There ain't no bumper, man. No. We're gonna be in jail hanging out together. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, like we, we we made that bit. We gotta lay in yeah, it, you know. So yeah. the bumper in life is teaching our kids like you're gonna fall. This is how you don't yeah. fall. I've made so many mistakes, man. So many mistakes. I've lost so much. You know, it's like I, I've you know gone through a lot of a uh, lot of losses, man. But none of them have killed me, obviously, and I'm still here. And 
you know, just trying to make it better. Just trying to keep working harder, you know. Do you attribute that to, like, the jiu-jitsu practice? Because a lot of the guys that I talk to who do jiu-jitsu, like, they have that same mentality. It's yeah. like everything is positive. Everything is avoid conflict. Everything right. is just approach things with this mentality. I attribute it to being raised religious. Yeah, being raised religious and uh, having to overcome that. And so I still consider myself a Christian in a sense. I don't really go to church and stuff, but I consider myself a Christian. And uh, anyways, overcoming that fear of what, for instance, God is going to think of what I'm doing. You know, and, and, and in a smaller sense, what my parents are going to think of me doing. And so I had to look at God in the face. I had to look at my parents in the face and say, you know what? No, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to do things my way. Not not going against God in any in any sense. But I'm saying, like, if you grow up in a re very religious um, with dogmas and doctrines that you're working within, not in a larger God's law sense, but more in a very religious doctrine and dogma type of thing, you got to at some point I decided I'm going to do my own thing. And that, that's the the gamble that that was the biggest gamble is being able to look at my parents in the face and say, hey, mom, dad, um, I'm going to be a tattooer. Imagine this was in 2002, man. They he were, did he they, hit him when you said that? Oh, they were bummed. I, I tried to get, ease them into it because I was like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to be tattooing for a couple, just like a year or two, just to save up some money. I'm and then dabble in yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. And my dad's like, if you don't go to college, you're a piece of shit type of person. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And so for my dad to, for, for me to be able to get the courage to be able to tell my parents that, for me, it was huge, you know? And for me to tell, uh, being a young kid and deciding, you know, um, that I wanted to make a living through art or I wanted people to respect me or I wanted people to know who I am, man, because kids are walking around the neighborhood and you're invisible, bro. Nobody sees you and shit, you know, nobody. That's why kids start. They want to be recognized. They want they want to know people. That's why people go out and they want to meet people. You want the world to acknowledge who you are, you know, you want to be a part of something. Yeah. And so growing up, I was taught, no, you're you're small. God is the only thing that matters and make sure you're basically anonymous and you're just a servant of God and all these type of things, which there's certain positive qualities about that. But at some point I wanted to feed my ego too. You know what I mean? And so being able to do that, being able to do that and being able to like, like I said, look at your parents in the face and look at the world in the face and tell the world you're going to do shit your own way. And that's what a lot of people aren't able to do. You know, it's difficult. When did you open Pop's tattoo shop? 2016. So yeah. that's another thing. I was afraid to open up a shop. I mean, I wasn't afraid. I just didn't have no interest to open up a shop. My wife gave me the courage and said, dude, you could do this. You could do this. You could, you could open up a shop. You can do it. I'm going to help you do it. And having that type of partner on your side, holy crap, dude, that is the she real. Gets down, bro. Oh man, she gets down as a wife, man. She fucking made the whole thing happen, dude. Just chatting with her while you're you're doing some work on me and just listening to her talk to the homies that that she's getting doing work on. It's like, damn. Yeah, I mean, what a balance, you know, to be able That's to awesome. to make to make me feel like a man because. As a man, I want to feel like a man, you know, and, and, and my beautiful wife lets me feel like a man. But at the same time, you know, we know she's the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Jane's the boss. Like We're, she makes, she makes shit happen. She fucking we organizes. We would be silly to think that they weren't the boss. Bro. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> but, but you know, on some old school shit, thank God bless her heart. She makes me feel 
she makes me feel powerful and, and she makes me feel stronger, you know? And that's like, that's what I think most partners would want from each other, you yeah, know? Cause you always hear that cliche be, be behind every strong man is a powerful woman, you know, yeah, before yeah. behind every leader is, you know, it's like, and it's true. Yeah, I've it's seen your wife true. firsthand, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen her do work there and I just, yeah. I've, I've heard her talk to you with you. Yeah. It's the same with my wife, you know, behind me. And like, I, I'm just out here trying to do something good. And she's just supportive. Without yeah. wifeys, none of this shit happens. Yeah, dude, I don't know so the brewery. I don't, I don't get nothing done. Like yeah. she's in, she's holding down the foundation. So, so I can do stuff. Yeah. Your having a good partner, same? having a good partner is really, really important. You need it. But and, I don't think you make it without it. I know. And then I think a lot of people nowadays too, is that they want to wait longer and longer to commit to having a partner. Why? I think it's because they think it's going to be so fun to just get fucking crazy and shit faced every day and hook up with a bunch of girls or I don't know. I don't fucking, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's some cool shit about that, but at the same time at some, you know, what's really fun is building with an individual, you know, and, and seeing those small accomplishments yeah. as a team, you know, because you, you get your teammate and now, you know, people used to get married at you know, 18, 19. Now fools ain't getting married to like they're in their late thirties. Maybe. That, yeah. That, yeah, bro, yeah. It's like, man, you know, so uh, I'm around so many young people. I hope, I hope um, it becomes in style to like, like, okay, I'm, you know, 23 and I've been dating this girl for two years. You know, let's, let's be a team. Let's be a real team. And let's then gamble. Let's, let's work. Yeah. <laughs> let's work together, man. You know? And I don't know, man. I, I would say that's something cool that more, if more people started doing that, cause, cause we're, yeah. old school, we're old school, man. Cause we're old school, man. Yeah. I've been married for fucking 15 years, bro. That's so I beautiful. I know my man. wife for 20 years. Yeah. I've known her since she was four years old. Yeah. I've known my wife. All of our lives, you know, whether we used to go camping as families together when we were little, little, or when we reconnected when her sister was had her quinceanera and I was in their quinceanera, and then just kind of like dancing inside, like the lifetime, our, our, our timeline of life, like we would come in and come out of each other's lives until ultimately it was like, well, we're always yeah. in each other's lives, like let's let's gamble, let's go to a movie, yeah, you know, and then just. That's and some people starts. don't need it. Some people don't need it. Some people want to be single their whole life. Some people never want to get married. Some people don't never want to have kids. But we have to also um, was celebrate the people that do go that route. You know what I mean? The the people that do decide to have children. The people that do decide to high school sweethearts and they got married. Yeah. You know, you, you don't make fun of them, bro. They're, they're, those enough. guys figured, yeah, they figured that shit out, you yeah. know? And so um, I think we got to be able to embrace all that, you know? And it's funny because the person you were when you were 20 is not the person you are now in your 40s, yeah. bro. The yeah. person I was in my early 20s did not want to have kids ever mm -hmm. and now it's like i don't see my life without my kids like I, it's hard for me to remember what life was before we had our three boys yeah you know now it's like our life is our three boys you know yeah, like man. that's that's we get up we go to sleep everything revolves around them i think it makes life so much richer for for a person like myself mm -hmm. for what i'm trying to get what? out of life you yeah. know i just and man i if i didn't have kids i don't know I don't know if I'd be able to wake up every morning and be excited about life, you know? Yeah, it's like, tale, bro. it'd be way different, man. I'm, I've already feel like I've accomplished be way beyond anything I ever imagined I would be able to accomplish. And, uh, and so I, I just can't see what purpose I would, I don't know. I, I would have a lot less purpose in my life if it wasn't for my kids, you know? And like, it's a strange thing, man. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing, man. But it's so. the scariest shit we'll ever do, bro. Having to yeah. overlook over... 
three humans and making sure that we're doing our best to give them their best. Yeah. And just making sure they're ready to deal with the world without us. My daughter's 18 and she still likes me. Success. That's the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hang yeah. your head on that accomplishment alone, yeah, bro. Yeah, man. So now I got a 16-year-old. He's he's turning into a beautiful young adult. He's awesome. And my 11-year-old now, I'm like, I'm like, all right, I see the finish line, you know. And I, of course, man, I'm always going to be their father. But to be able to for them to get to 18 and they aren't total fuck-ups like me and don't end up in jail or do some stupid shit. I'm like, this is good. These, I made do some it. good kids, man. Yeah. Bueno. Yeah, yeah. Do, um, do any of them have the same aspirations as you? They all like to do different. Uh, my son, the 16-year-old Eli, likes to play guitar. Uh, Benny likes to draw a lot. And Aaliyah draws. She's a great artist. She does paintings and stuff. And and maybe uh, Aaliyah, she's going to be a tattooer one day, maybe. Yeah, you know? she's got yeah. that in her. Yeah, yeah she has that in her. But... I can't make it too easy for them, you know. So I want to make because if you just hand it to some to somebody, they're they're not going to appreciate it, and they're not going to excel at it, you know. Yeah, my dad always uh, always gave me the least amount of money possible if he ever gave me money, <laughs> you know. So and I never understood that. I'm like, Dad, like I'm looking, I'm, at, I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I know, I know you got money, dude. Let me give me some money, you know. And he's just like, Nah, I ain't giving you that, dude. Where are your parents from? Tijuana and uh-huh. Ensenada. Oh, nice Baja yeah. boys. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're Baja. Yeah, my dad moved up to uh, Tracy, California, Northern California. So he has a little bit of that in him too. So yeah, my dad's a fighter, man. So, oh man, he, I love that dude. And he just works so hard to provide for us, you know. Old school mentality. Old school mentality, bro. Like 50 hour weeks going to college. Whatever it takes. My mom was trying to, yeah, I, my mom was trying to raise us right and take us to church. And the, so the hard work and spirituality that I, that, that balance that I got from my parents. Damn, church like, is a common theme growing up then with you, huh? Yeah, dude. It's been a huge thing. You know, spirituality is a huge thing. And so, uh, I, I mean, being a little kid and going to church so much, we'd go three times a week. Oh, yeah, Jehovah's Witness vibes, you know? Oh, my Yeah, Lord. Jehovah's Witness vibes. And so, and to this day, I'm still interested in spirituality. You know, I just, I think it's, I I think it's important for people to have some curiosity as to what the hell that means and what that means to them as an individual and and all these type of things. It's going to make, it's going to make you a better person. I think, you know, that's, that's something I still have yet to cross on, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, we went to church growing up. We go to Our Lady of Guadalupe in Barrio Logan or San Judas or yeah. St. Michael's in, in Paradise Hills. Like it would be those three churches that we would go to growing yeah, up. Depending Catholic, on, yeah, Catholic depending vibe. on where we live. Yeah. And bro, I ain't even going to lie. Like the best part of going to church, uh, Misa and Domingos was when it ended and we go outside and they had like the little swap meet, bro. And you had all the ice creams and you yeah. had all the little like uh, like the churro, all the food. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a Mexican swap meet, bro. And it was awesome. Like that was those I would, experiences. Yeah, that was my experience of church. Yeah, like I would be inside. I would count the rafters and the ceiling, the beams, everything, but pay attention and just do the count. Then I was like, okay, I'm already to this. That means we're going to talk about this. And yeah. in my head, as soon as the preacher, el padre, los anuncios de la semana, muchas uh, gracias yeah. a las señoras que yeah. nos hicieron el pozole. Like as soon as I heard the announcement, I was like, all right, homeboy's about to wrap it up. Yeah. We got about five minutes, and we can go outside, and I can buy a new CD, that new Chalino CD that they're selling in the thing or the new yeah. Tucanicity. I'm going to get some churros today. I'm going to get maybe they're selling tamales. I'm gonna, like that was That's my, so cool. Bro, that was my church experience. Yeah, like yeah. it didn't matter what church we were going to. I used to hate church. I, I hate it. You know, yeah. just like any kid. If you're, you're a young, kid, you hate church. You don't want to sit church. there for two hours. Yeah. yeah. 
two hours, yeah. bro. Yeah. Fuck, mine was 45 minutes and I was ripping my fucking hair out. Dude, two hours. It'd be two hours on Sunday, two hours on Tuesday, one hour on Thursday, and then Saturday or Sunday we'd go preach door to door. I would do that. Champion. Yeah, <laughs> dude. That wasn't cool. I was pissed. And then um, you have to decide whether or not you want to get baptized. And the person, the individual has to decide that. And I knew I was a bad kid. I so like I, that, didn't, I didn't want to do that. I'm like, I'm not getting baptized. I'm a, I know what I am. I'm yeah, a piece yeah. of shit. You know, I ain't going to. But I, I, I like that they gave you the opportunity to decide when you were older. Right. Because yeah. as, a, as a Catholic. You by get baptized as a baby. Six, bro, by the time I was six, I was confirmed. Primera yeah. comunión, pinche tol pelo. Yeah, like, I was yeah. about everything, bro. By yeah, the time I was six, I was like, you ain't got no choice, playboy. Yeah. You are a Catholic. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. But when we got married, like, my biggest my biggest stance against religion was like, nah, we ain't getting married in no church. Right. And I'm not getting no preacher to marry us. Yeah, I that's, got a, that's cool, man. I got a Jewish rabbi. Pissed off a lot of people because we yeah. got a Jewish rabbi to <laughs> get us married. My yeah. sweater was like, no, me, me. Mi hija merece una boda. Yeah. Mi hija se merece eso. Said, so le voy a dar todo a su hija. Yeah. But we don't, that's not us. We ain't about that. Well, that's one thing me and you have in common is that we're uh, we're pretty good at pissing people off, you know, for, being, easy, for, for being who we are. <laughs> you know what? I didn't get a, 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 a PhD in, in psychology, but I can piss people off in 10 seconds flat, yeah. bro. I can yeah. barely meet you and just kind of size you up and be like, the earth is flat or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, and I'm, and, yeah. oh, what the fuck? Like I have that, uh, that, yeah. that, that, that trait where I can, I can push a button right. and just unravel somebody. Yeah. But you're not doing anything bad. Like no. for instance, you were telling me that, um, on the podcast, you interviewed a police officer or you're going to interview, um, someone that works for, you customs. know, the border patrol yeah. customs. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's something that's lacking. And anybody that would criticize you opening up a dialogue, come on, man, we can't, we, this, is a time yeah, to, we, this is a time to be open to different ideas yeah i feel that we're all like closed up in our beliefs and ideas and ideals and that's what's causing all these beefs and these dramas bro it's a crazy time yeah. to, to raise a family it's a crazy time to walk down the street yeah. you know i see a guy on third avenue who walks down the street carrying an american flag you know yeah and people's first instinct is to go in on him yeah. And it's like, when did it become like that where you got to hate on the American flag? I understand That's there's insane. I, I understand there's a lot of dramas and there's a lot of, a lot yeah. of things wrong with our country. Yeah. But then we got to look and be like, yo, there's people from other countries that are risking their life to get into our country. Yeah. And we're here. And like those it's motherfuckers like, are trying to, they're killing themselves getting here, bro. Yeah, yeah. Losing family, getting separated from their family, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a lot wrong with our country. But I feel like there's more wrong with. It's like having a dis, dis, it's like having a dysfunctional family. See, uh, that's the way I see this country. It's like, yeah, man, my my family's fucked up. I got the drunk uncle. I got this fucking cousin that's addicted to crystal meth. I got this deal over here that beats his wife. It's still my family, yeah. dude. It's still my fucking yeah. family. And if, if you know, fuck you, bro. Like I love my family. Yeah. You know, yeah. And there's this, cracks in our foundation. Yeah, but that's yeah, our foundation. That's our bro. foundation. Yeah. Dude. So yeah, and and my my. You know, my family worked hard to be here. And just like you're saying, other, a lot of other immigrant families worked hard yeah. to be here. And, and we got to be grateful for that type of thing, too. You know, and if somebody wants to be rock an American flag hat and pants and carry the flag and do this and that, that's their prerogative. Dude. I don't the hate them for it. And I love them yeah. for that, actually. That's you know? the beauty of being in this country. You yeah. know, like you can have the freedom to believe in what you want, bro. Yeah. You know, like that's what's awesome. And that's why I brought the I didn't bring the copper on our El Compita Hoyos. I didn't bring them on to like push buttons. Right. Like Chicle and I had them on specifically because we were like, bro, 
people need to hear from a police officer right mm-hmm. now. You know, people need to hear a, a, a point of view because not all police officers are assholes. You know? Yeah. Not and it's a- sad that you even have to say that. Yeah, like, you know, people want to generalize every group of people. Mexicans are like this. Yeah. Black people are like this. Yeah. White people are like this. Like, bro, get the fuck off of that, bro. Man, we're all individuals. We should all be pushing individuality. Individuality and you create your own sense of your view of the world and take a little bit of information here, take a little bit of information there and don't assume everyone is the same. You know, not all Republicans are the same. Not all Democrats are the same. Not all Mexicans. You can't paint everybody with the same brush. You can, man. You can. You can end up looking like a tool if you do that. And everyone is so quick to do that, especially in the media. And I think more than ever, the media is exposing itself as really pushing painting people with a broad stroke is maybe it's not by design maybe it just is the you know it's just that way the way the machine works but it's not healthy it's, it's not healthy it's easy it's yeah it's easy it's lazy yeah dude it's like I, I feel like like it's when people do shit for the likes like we were talking about it's just easy it's lazy mm-hmm. you know it's like ah oh, nice you know what i need a little self gratification let me post yeah. this shit all oh, cops are fucking assholes Boom, yeah boom. dude you that's know, that's not healthy through. man that's not healthy no. that's not good for people those are the same people that call the cops when they get their house broken into yeah yeah. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. All bro. of a sudden. Yeah. So, man, I'll, I even. <clears throat> I'm calling you if somebody breaks into my house. Bro. I'm not showing up. Shit. I, <laughs> I I've seen videos of you, yeah. man. I'm not I, even a gun. I mean, wait. Tell us about jujitsu, man. Tell us how long uh, you've been involved in jujitsu. Jujitsu, I wanted to have. I felt like I was getting older, so I wanted to have like one. Uh, amateur mma fight just so i could say like back when i was young i had one amateur mma fight you know just i don't know i just something i wanted to experience because i used to box when i was little so i know what it's like to compete and so i was like i'm gonna take a couple months of jujitsu and then uh i'll never do jujitsu again because i just want to learn how to defend against an arm bar Uh and so uh yeah i started with barrett and of course, like Legendary. it always happens, you fall in love with it. You know, you just fall in love with it, and I just kept doing it. And and uh, I ended up doing that amateur MMA fight. I lost the the <laughs> exhibition fight, and then I just kept doing the MMA stuff too. And I did four professional MMA fights. It's barely professional though. It was but like really pro- smart group, but uh, it's professional. really small organization. Desert Rage and a couple of other ones uh, in Mexico, but that feeling is like nothing else you know and so it's constantly chasing that feeling of that w being able to get that win that's a crazy competitive i don't know i've always i've always been competitive it's just really fun to me because it's just so nerve-wracking i think you know it's not like yeah i'm the fucking best and i proved it it's like i'm i'm competing against myself trying to see like could i do this could i pull this off you know or same thing with paintings. It's like a big painting and I'm I'm like, dude, am I going to be able to do a sick painting that is going to blow people's minds, you know? And sometimes I'm able to do it and sometimes I'm not. When I put in the right amount of hours, I'm able to do it, you know? I haven't fallen in love with jujitsu yet. And that glass is always like, I tell him, he's like, ah, oh, he gets bad. But I was like, I haven't. I yeah. want to. Yeah. I how much? To. How much? How much information as far as jujitsu goes do you have? Like, do you have enough to defend yourself and your family, you think? Yeah, yeah right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. man. I think that's it. I, th- I think that should be people's, people should feel responsible to defend themselves and then secondly, be able to defend um, their family There's or a friends. There's confidence you know? that comes with understanding yeah. that practice, with understanding jujitsu. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, when I took the boys, Don Chiquitos, I mean, I brought them in at, at their eight and six and I brought them in at six and like four. 
you know? Mm. So they were in at six and four, and now they know how to roll into a move, how to, you know, get out of a position. And the same with me. Like, you know, yeah. like I'm walking down the street now with my family, and my, my objective is always like, okay, my job as a dad, as a husband, as a family man, I got to protect my family at all costs. Yeah. I feel confident with the, what I've learned in the last year and a half, two years that I can do that. Yeah. You know? That's so important. I, I, I've seen so many people that have... um people that they're responsible for whether it's like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or their kids or their grandparents and they have no power over the situation That's scary. if somebody wants to be aggressive towards them if somebody wants to slap their kid in the head or some psychopath wants to hurt you know their partner and you have nothing you have no knowledge no no means to defend yourself i think that's borderline irresponsible that should dude. be motivation enough to get involved and join a, an academy that's near your neighborhood. All you got to do is, I, I I would say, even six months of jujitsu is enough to, for you to carry that information around for the rest of your life. I feel like the, the, the most important part of jujitsu is understanding how to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, you have somebody else on top of you. You have somebody trying to do things to you and your whole time you're just trying to protect them and stop them from doing that. Like, I feel like a lot of people probably grow up and they don't know what it's like to, like, be in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. Like somebody comes up to you, like you said, and gets in your face. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Like, what are you oh, going to do? Like oh, you're going to, yeah. You know? And it's like, I feel somebody comes into mine or it, when fucking schools open again and kids go back to school. Like if somebody gets into my kid's face, I know my kids aren't going to, they're not going to be the instigators. They're just going right. to be the ones waiting. But, and if something goes sideways, I have 110% confidence that my kid will know how to do what he has to do. Yeah. You and know? the school system telling kids that they're not supposed to defend themselves. That's nuts, dude. Like that's crazy. Is that crazy that world, they're putting bro. it in your head that your seven year old kid, there's a ten year old kid that's gonna start slapping him up, and he has to wait till he takes the beating, and then go tell, tell the teacher, and the teacher is gonna suspend the kid, and then a couple days later he's back in school bullying your kid again. That's not how I want to. That's not how I would. That's not how I raise my kids, and um, everyone raise their kids however they want. But for me, it's like, dude, my I want my kids to have confidence to defend themselves, you know? And like my dad always taught me, you just go ahead and throw, throw the first punch, man. Especially if this kid is, if you feel that, if you feel that it's gonna, coming, yeah, I feel that it's coming. It's going to come dude. And so might as well defend yourself. And that's a, that's a, that's a controversial topic. I mean, yeah. I tell wife, he's like, do you want to raise a kid that gets bullied or would you rather raise a kid that's a bully? You know, and like both are the, both are bad. Both, Both are wrong are answers, bad, bro. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to have a kid that's in the middle. Yeah. But if you're giving me just those choices, I'd rather have the bully. Yeah. I don't, I, I, the last thing I want is my child to get punked or messed with and harassed. And it's like, I want yeah. my kid to have enough confidence to defend himself. The right answer is like, neither. I want my kid to know how to maintain. Right. Diffuse the situation. Diffuse the situation. Not have it turn to violence or physical, yeah. whatever. It's like, just know like, all right, cool. You want to try to do that? You're going to try to fuck me up? That, fine, but I'm not going to let you. Right. So just like, just right. go that way. I'll go this way and it'll be all right. Let's not waste yeah. our time. Shit. It's almost better to take an ass whooping as long as you try to stand up for yourself. Yeah. And that boy ain't never going to try to do it he again because you, you put up a little bit of a fight. You know? Como decían, me vas a ganar, pero no vas a ser limpio. Yeah. Like, you ain't going to come out clean, bro. You might whoop my ass, but you're going you're gonna to get something too. Yeah. And I think it's like, get something too that's going to be like, I can't mess with Sergio, man. Like, yeah, yeah I got him, but. Fuck, look, look what he did to me. And I came with my arm, la, la, la. Yeah. Shit. Man, I remember junior high. I ended up in three different fights, man. And for no, absolutely no reason. Maybe they just want to beat my yeah. ass, you know? So, like, 
I was like, that's... And that happened. And it happened. And yeah. I had to try to defend myself. And that's, I feel like that's like the rest of the world. Like, wait, I didn't, I didn't do nothing to the world, man. Why is the world why they come attacking? Me? Yeah, why is yeah. the world attacking me, you know? Do your kids yeah. practice jujitsu or? They know how to, they, they did jujitsu for a couple of years, but they wanted to take a break from it. So for me, it was more about planting the seed in mm-hmm. their head. And then um, hopefully when they get older and they're like, oh shit, man, I shouldn't be sitting on the couch all day. And they want to end up doing jujitsu, you know? Yeah. So we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully. I remember, um, what was it? Two or three years ago. That the video that you came out with that went viral when somebody tried to break into your pops pad. Yeah. And then you caught the dude outside of the house and you were just talking to him. You're like, hey man, this is, you don't want this or something. Get past what he did. Like what well, happened? Well, he I mean, people probably heard the story and shit. Well, I've told the story, but um he was breaking into my dad's house and then I caught him breaking into my dad's house. He ran. I chased him for a couple blocks, brought him back to my dad. And I was like, hey, you know, this guy was breaking into your house. And my dad was in the house when he broke into it, too. So that was, like, really strange. That yeah. I was afraid that he had hurt my dad, you know. And so my dad said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 23. And that's when he he was like, all right, you're going to jail because you're a grown-ass man. You know what you were doing. You knew what you were Yeah, he, he was asking just because he was a, my dad was a school counselor. Out of empathy for this person, he was going to let this dude go if he was under 18, you know. Because my dad just... He just tries to look out for people. Yeah. This is a grown ass man breaking into my dad's house. He's like, You're going to fucking jail. And as soon as my dad said that, he started trying to fight. And I was like, Oh shit, this shit just got real. You know, I don't know if he had a weapon or what. So I judo threw him to the ground and then I put him in a triangle. Yeah, but you did. <laughs> yeah, you, you like, um, you get taught to in jujitsu to pull him on top of you to, to secure the triangle. But I'm like, Wait, that's concrete. I'm not going to pull him on top of me and me be on the bottom uh-huh. doing this triangle for a fucking burglar. And then he's going to slam my head on the concrete, you know? And so that's why I was like still sitting up. I was controlling his wrist because he was going to try to punch me and stuff. Um, and I, and then he started, uh, the guy was, my, my neighbor was filming it. And so this guy started trying to get out of the triangle. And that's why I was like, dude, I'm going to put you to sleep yeah. or break your fucking <laughs> arm if you don't like calm down. You know, I was just telling him, like, don't make me do it, basically. You know, like, don't make me break your arm right now, dude, because I, I would I would have have to find it inside me to do it, you know, to break his <laughs> and arm. And it wouldn't have been hard. You know, all you had to do uh, was like, this guy was breaking into my dad's house. Oh, my yeah, dad yeah, was yeah. in the house. You oh, yeah. found that. Exp- you found it quick. <laughs> yeah. One of the police officers even said, like, dude, you should have just broke his arm, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. He was just. Being a dick, but that's crazy, man. I remember watching that video and be like, Whoa, jujitsu works. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy because I posted it. I went to work, I started tattooing, and 30 minutes later, the media shows up and said, Hey, your video went viral. Could we interview you for uh, for Whatever you know, the union tribute? Yeah. yeah, that's about it, man. I don't know, just trying to trying to uh, just move forward, you know, and do you better and be better. Have a business, you have been affected by the pandemic, yeah, or have you? How has it been operating the 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 business during this whole shutdown? It's bro? been good, just trying to learn as much as I possibly can, and to try to empower myself, you know. And I think that's what a lot of people are not doing is trying to learn what the hell all the different viewpoints are when it comes to this type of thing. Where when it comes to the legalities of what's going on, when it comes to the dangers of the virus, when it comes to what scientists or experts are saying what about any of these issues and most people i think are not 
curious enough or skeptical enough to want to be doing their own research basically, you know? And, uh, and so that's, that's what I've done ever since the whole thing started. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what the hell's going on here? And so, man, I've invested dozens and dozens of hours trying to learn as much I can about the situation that's going on and, and all, all aspects of it, the economic aspects, the, the medical, the science aspects, um, the mandates and all these things. And so for me, it's an interesting sub subject and I'm very surprised as to how little people are interesting, interested in learning. And maybe it's because they have their TVs on and they hear about it enough. They already hear about it so much that they're like, dude, they're oversaturated. Um, I'm going home tonight. The last thing I want to do is spend three hours learning about what some German scientists had to say about coronavirus. So I got to be more empathetic and understand that, that people aren't really interested in the subject. But for me, when I learn something and I'm like, shit, why doesn't everyone else know this? Or why isn't, why, why aren't people acting the way I want them to act? Uh -huh. You know, so I got to understand that people, feel a certain way because you know that's just that's what they learned in their in their own head you know so so it's been a little bit difficult as far as me the way i interact with the world right now yeah it's a little bit strange dude like i'm like i can't go to my friend's house because they're afraid that i'm gonna kill them or sneeze on them or <laughs> spit in their face or some shit or i can't go to my friend's business or i can't do this or i can't do that so i'm like man i called you well I, I mean for me personally dude i don't want to go into my friend's business wearing a mask uh -huh, uh -huh. it's just that's me and and it's their business and there's their personal right to be able to be like hey man sorry you're my good friend but i can't have you in here without a mask and so i don't want to make people uncomfortable dude and i just now, got a lot of now, pushback? I, now i can't go no i don't have a lot of pushback because i just don't show up to people's shit because i see what they post they're like yeah you do or i see the sign outside the outside of each business that says if you're not wearing a mask, you're not welcome here. I'm like, yeah. well, fuck, dude. I'm not welcome anywhere then, dude. I can't go anywhere. Sorry, I'm just gonna say I can't go anywhere. Tattoo shop. That's insane. Yeah, I just stay at my tattoo shop, chill, man. And uh, Has it messed with business at all? Not at all. I've been busier than I've ever been, dude. I've been busier than I've ever been. Why do you think? Um, I think people are just sitting at home bored or I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I would like to think that my work is getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate goal. That's the go-to. That, yeah, that's the ultimate, you know. Yeah. So as far as that goes, I hope more uh, businesses, um, if they are afraid, then they should have the right of, of obviously to say, um, hey, if you're in wearing a mask, you're not welcome here. But also, if there are businesses that don't necessarily agree with the mandates, that they need to actually let people know that they have the option to not wear the mask if they have if they feel that they have a medical condition or whatever the case, you know what I mean? If If that's legally something they could offer to the consumer. And I think it is, from what I understand, it is something that they could offer to the consumer. You know, if, if the small businesses doesn't want to do that, then that's fine. But as a small business owner, I think more small businesses should be on that fucking, should be on that tip, dude. And, and everything's so aggressive right now. Like, why, why should every small business have a, a sign that says, you better not come in here if you're not? That's already aggressive. It's already negative and it's aggressive, you know? And uh, that's just not my shit, you know? Yeah, no, I and feel so you. It's like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's finding the right balance, man. Yeah, because on the, the right other balance. side of the token, it's like, I can't conduct this business yeah. unless people adhere to those things. Mm -hmm. I have, on the block, man, 
we have people that come in from the county and look for these things. And yeah. then you're just you're just one one step away from getting shut down. You know, for better yeah. or for worse, right now, there's certain things that we gotta abide by on yeah, our yeah. end, you know? Yeah, of course. And I mean, shit. This is October 20 something right now. But how come Walmart and Target, you're able to go in there without a mask? And how come if there's food, the Rona doesn't hit you? Yeah. Like well, you can I'm have saying a beer, legally, but you- though, <laughs> legally, you know? So I, I, I'm not sure. I think. I think rules I think, are being created as we go. They're yeah. being un- unfurled as time passes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's- I, I like if, if legally you're able to go into a Target or a Walmart without wearing a mask then i think legally you're able to go and yeah really a hundred percent see that's what i'm saying you didn't know that right i had no idea i've been going into walmart and target without a fucking mask and they say sir can we offer you a mask i said no i have a medical condition i don't want a mask and they know that legally they have to let me in there because they can't discriminate against someone based on whatever medical thing that they have what if they made it a, a store policy then I guess so, but then, At that point, but then the, there's been some lawsuits going on. I'm not a lawyer, dude, but uh-huh. there has been some lawsuits going on about people suing Walmart or Target for saying like, I'm going to sue you because I can't wear, you're discriminated against me because of a medical condition, which is illegal. You know, I that mean, there's it, yeah. all types of legal mumble jumbo going on. It'll there's, be interesting to see yeah, what happens, yeah. dude. But, but for a small business owner to not know that, it's like, hey, dude. You don't have to require your customers to wear masks to be in here, dude. You can, which you, you know, if we're in a pandemic and people are dropping like flies and if you don't wear a mask, you're going to fall dead on the fucking floor and it's your personal business and you don't want to let people in here without masks. That's your prerogative, but you should know. The repercussions. You know, you should know that legally you don't have to require customers to wear masks, which is going to blow people's minds because they don't. They're like, what do you mean? It's not a law, dude. It's not a law. You know, there's all types of weird shit going on, of course, you know, so we have to be able to protect ourselves and protect our businesses. And so I'm not trying to give business Is advice to-, <laughs> to everyone, but I'm saying, hey, please direct be, all be, your emails yeah, to yeah. Sergio Hernandez. Yeah, <laughs> be curious, be curious and do some research for yourself, you know, because at some point we're going to have to stand up for what's right and what's wrong. If we're going to be nice and obedient forever, Eventually, that bully is going to stomp your fucking head in. Right now, that bully has a fucking foot to your throat. And you think it's all good as long as I just let him keep this foot on my fucking throat. Everything's going to be okay. Eventually, this motherfucker is going to be stomping your fucking skull in, dude. And everyone's, well, we got to protect our business. We got to listen to whatever these uh, fucking authoritarian tyrants want us to do. Yeah, man, eventually we're all going to have to come together and fight this shit because everyone can see through the bullshit. Everyone knows that if you you walk into a bar with a mask and then you sit down and you take off your mask, then everyone's safe. Everyone knows that's bullshit, dude. Everyone can see through all the fucking lies, you know? And everyone's like, well, just let's just be quiet and be good little servants. And they're they're going to leave us alone. They're not going to leave us alone, man. They're not going to leave us alone. And so that's why as a symbol... I just don't want to, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to do it. You know, on occasion I'll do it. If, if my buddy's, Hey dudes, I know how you feel about that shit. Could you just, could you just put on? And I'm like, I don't want to be a total dick about it. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll put it on, man. You know, Hey, are you going my, you know, my girl's really afraid. Could you just wear a fucking mask? I'll wear it, you know, but just as a general symbol, I don't want nothing to do with it, man. I don't want nothing. I hate bullies. I fucking hate bullies. I think a lot of people are in your boat. Cause they, 
this was sold to us as a two week plan. This was sold to us as a month long plan. We're pushing eight months. And they said, we're doing this so the hospitals won't get overran. Mm. They built fucking stadiums of hospitals that no one ever showed up to. And so at what point does our common sense kick in and be like, oh, oh, they pulled a huge trick on so, us. So, so what do you think the, the ultimate goal of this was if it wasn't what it well, appears to I be? Well, I think from financially what it seems like is that there's billions and dozens of billions of dollars in this vaccine treatment that's going to be coming out. And wow, what a coincidence that the same people that are going to be selling us the vaccine are the same people that are telling us this virus is going to kill everyone and that we get a, we need to wear a mask until the vaccine. The mask is just a symbol to let to until they let us they give us the vaccine. That's what the mask is. The mask is a symbol and say, oh, cool, I, I got the fucking vaccine. Now I get to take off my mask. That's all that is, dude. They're just selling, they're car salesmen, dude. That's what it is, you know? And, and that's what bothers the, me. We got the election coming up. We got the election coming that, up, dude. That, this is an important one. because It's these, one of the these, most important yeah. ones ever. What do you think is going to happen? I, I'm just watching the show, man. I'm watching the show happen, you know? And it's hard for me to even wrap my head around what the hell is going to happen the next year, you know? I really don't know. It's crazy because on one side, I mean, honestly, this is the one time I really feel like none of these candidates really give me represent. And yeah, yeah. they don't one, they don't represent me. Yeah. Two, they don't instill much confidence in me, you know? So right. it's like, ah, oh, but it, it's difficult, man. People are interested in voting for the lesser two evils. Yeah. And uh why should I vote for I, the I, one I hate the least? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to do that. So I, I didn't I didn't vote for either one of those, either Trump or Biden, you know, mm. I got my own personal feelings about who, which one is the lesser two evils and all that type of thing. But for me, I want to just vote for, with my conscience and, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't vote. So I don't know. It's going to be a crazy time, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if Trump doesn't win, I'm curious to see what, what, what happens, what he does, you know, who Biden, then Trump's, you know, Ghana, cause you know, he's, he's wild, bro. Yeah. He's wild. Yeah. He's got an army of wild people behind him. Yeah, I mean the same so could like be said. The win. same could be said to for the for the other side too, yeah. though. You know what I mean? Because if it, I've seen the most violence from any side, it's been from people. Because it's both extremes. There's extreme yeah. right and extreme left. And those guys are for closer me, to themselves that they want to believe. And, mo and most people are in the middle. Yeah. You know, most people are in the middle. But for me, from what I see is the extreme left has caused more violence than the extreme right. You know, the extreme right. I, I, I don't ever see actual white supremacists. I've, I've yet to meet someone that actually thinks that white people are the superior race and they Shit. should be the most dominant Can I dominant take you on race. a trip somewhere here in local San Diego? I'll show you. I mean, bunch, I, I, I meet people that are racist, uh -huh. but for people to think that like, yeah, I don't know. I just, shit, man. I don't know. I don't know. This is a, this is a crazy time to live in, man. I mean, I've seen it all. I've yeah. seen the crazy left. I've definitely seen the crazy right. Yeah. I've seen those guys, man. I've had motherfuckers come into the brewery and be like, yo. Saying racist shit. Yeah, like, oh, this is a cool brewery. It's a shame a Mexican owns it. Shit no like that. Way. Yeah, bro. And Holy it's like, shit, like I, I see dude. both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I see people who are quick to be easily offended by things. Yeah. And I yeah. see quick to be a very fucking defensive and fight you over shit. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, I'm trying to raise a family in this whole thing. Yeah, both you know? extremes are bad. And dude. we're in Chula Vista. We get the, the, the softest of anything here. 
here. I mean, yeah. everything down here is tempered down. You don't get too extreme. We live in a very conservative community, and we, I'm, I've slowly discovered since I opened a business down here how conservative this community is. But it's like, fuck. Oh, you mean on some Mexican Catholic shit? No, nah, bro. On I some mean like, on some, some, on some, some white, fucking, yeah, like, yeah. Like on some white mentality shit. Yeah, like, yeah, You know, yeah. like some, some privilege shit and just the way that people think and the way people talk. Like, I've seen it all, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, woo. Yeah, and we got to also, like, the idea of privilege. Yeah, dude, you want to fuck with people because of white privilege, but at the same time, what about financial privilege? Mm -hmm. What about... Of these all these different types of privileges if we're going to try to even everything out it ain't ever going to happen dude it ain't never going to happen not everyone's going to be equally economically equally um with education and so what policies do we put in place to help balance that yeah, out balance, but balance. not yeah um that's above my pay grade yeah you yeah, know like these for sure. these are all problems that exist yeah you know um the white privilege Fuck, firsthand, I've seen that shit. Yeah. I've seen that oh, shit. Oh, dude, I got I've, pulled over for being fucking brown multiple times, yeah. you know? And Fortunately, I've never had that. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I've I, just... I'm living in City Heights, you've dude. You've seen it, yeah. Oh, bro, they fuck with me all... I mean, it's happened multiple times, you know? And that's definitely like, if I was white, they wouldn't have pulled me over, Not you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what's even more powerful, I think, is someone having financial privilege that's you have two mexicans right uh -huh. one mexican comes from super rich family one mexican lives in a bad neighborhood in tj that contrast right there is to me way larger than the contrast between someone's lighter skin tone than my skin tone you understand what I'm trying yeah, to get yeah. at? Yeah. So that, uh, I guess the point I'm trying social to make. Social classes. Yeah. Social class to me is a very, it's it's way broader. And um, I think addressing social issues like that, uh, economic issues like that, is more helpful than addressing people's skin pigment. You know? It all starts there. I mean, yeah. it all starts. It, one is a result of a lack of the other. You know, if yeah. people were more on the same, uh, more of a leveled out playing field, I feel like less of these uh, other injustices would come to the surface, bro. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like one happens and the other one doesn't. I think one happens because the other one happens, you know? Right. Um, I see that shit I see a lot, what you're bro. saying. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I see I see the social the social classes is a big deal, bro. The disparity. Yeah. Especially when you say, like, Mexico. Mexico's known like a third world country. It's like, you're either fucking super rich or yeah. you're working class. Yeah, it's very yeah. hard to, like, have that middle class, you know? Right. And I think that's what's happening here in the U.S. to an extent. It's like, we have the, we have that 1%. And then yeah. you have like the other 99%. Right. And we're out here just scrambling, trying to yeah, make money, yeah. trying to provide for our family. Yeah. And when you say about privilege, fuck, bro, I've just, I've just seen people and their privilege. And I always use the quote, like, um, born on third and act like you hit a triple. Yeah. Like, I, I know dudes that, you know, they were, they were born with, with, with certain things and they've act like they've gotten there through this, that, and the other. And then you, they actually say, well, look, this motherfucker, he's working his way up to where you are. Yeah. You're there because that's where you started. You know, right. this dude, he's actually hustling, grinding just to get to where you are. And that's your starting point. Yeah. I was like, that's where I see the problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy but, time, But man. what's the, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say also is that, like, don't hate someone that has privilege. Uh -huh. And the person that has privilege shouldn't have any self-hate. 
You understand? Yeah, that's, no, for that, sure. That's no, really, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's you trying to find that right balance yeah, here. I mean, I mean, it's like, dude, oh, it's it's like everyone hating some, the pretty girl in school. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, fuck that bitch. And she happens to be really nice. But she's pretty. And she's pretty. Oh, yeah. so no, so, so fuck her. But like, that's not, what, that's not good for you, yeah. dude. For you inside of your heart, that's not good for you to think that way. You know, and I think that's what they're trying to sell us in the media. Hate someone because of the way they were born. That's not good, dude. We can't be out here hating white people because they're white and and because they're not going to get pulled over for being white. I'm not going to hate a white person because of that, though. And I I don't want to have no negative thoughts Uh about a white person because they're not going to get pulled over like I am. That's not their fault they were born that way, dude. That's the way they were born. You got to take it higher. You got to take it to the institution. Or I'm not going to hate someone that's like a millionaire kid, a millionaire Mexican kid. And and the younger me, I'd be like, yeah, fuck that rich kid, <laughs> fucking rich kid, Pinchy fuck fresa. you, pinchy fresa, it's a la verga, blah, blah. No, dude, not older me, and I think better me. I never look down on the millionaire. You know, I, I don't want to look down on the millionaire. I don't want to look down on anybody. On anybody. Dude. Yeah, on anybody. Sure. Yeah. And so that's where I'm trying to get to, you know. And I, of course, we got a lot of problems in the world, yeah, man. We do. And a lot of people got to deal with a bunch of bullshit, including myself, including people that have it way worse than me, including people that live in third world countries. You know, everyone has some fucked up shit that they're having to deal with and um, spreading love and positivity. Dude. That's the only way to yeah, do it. Yeah, and no, tried. Everyone has hate and, and negative feelings in their Temperate. heart. Yeah, but make sure you check that shit every day, or dude. Find and, an outlet yeah, for it. Yeah, how we started off the conversation talking about being grateful, you know, yeah. and that's it, man. Waking up being grateful. Pinchy yeah. Sergio. Yeah, brother, but dude, I know you got a bunch of shit to do. I gotta get to work. You ain't my got wife. nothing to hey, come do. Come on, bro. dude. I gotta pour in You didn't even wear matching socks, my little <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> we're drinking whiskey at <laughs> no, we're not. no, we're not. <laughs> oh no, no. Yeah. Sergio, man. brother. Thank you for coming in, man. Thank Pleasure. you for hooking us up with the Emo Brown logo. Yeah. Thank you for the label, the Chevez Enero. I can't even, wait. We didn't even talk about that. That we got that beer coming out next couple weeks, and it's gonna yeah, be pretty. What kind much of beer? A, what it's kind a of... hoppy lager, bro. Uh-huh. And it, it's a hoppy lager. And I've always had the Sick. idea of like having your style of artwork um, yeah. transform the Chalino Sanchez uh, iconic picture of him hanging out of his car or his truck door. And you you did it, bro. You you so you, you, cool. you made it the way it needed to be done. I love um, it. And we're just going to go ahead and make we're gonna make it into a beer label when's the drop uh i'm gonna find out later this week yeah Yeah, because with beer i mean you can't really put a date on it you got to check the levels and make sure it's hitting all of its marks so far that's what we're doing today we're making sure it's hitting its marks it's not like merch it's It's not like merch oh you know what i submitted the artwork it's gonna be here in two weeks yeah no it's like we got to make sure that everything is mature enough with the beer once it does boom you'll be the first to know i'll deliver the six packs or the four packs every time i go to your spot yeah I have a date with you next week. Cool. Gotta go back in there and get some more work done. Thank you for coming in, brother. All right, Keep everyone. Support that Emo journey. Brown. Emo Brown, man. Everybody um, respect it and love it. Pops Tattoo. Hell yeah. Where's it at? University. Uh, University Avenue, City Heights, East San Diego. That's Look it up. up. Pop on in. Bring that positive energy. Leave with a smile and some new artwork. Charlie. Cool. Thank Peace. you, brother. All right. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at EmoBrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Joining the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. 
Stone Pedro, we appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Kids, if you want that, this episode is brought to you by Three Crunk L Brewing, located here in the heart of downtown Chula Vista on Third Avenue. Enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by the album, The Diviest of Dive Bars, located on the south side of Broadway, Chula Vista. When it-